Hello and welcome to this episode of Rebel with a Mic, the podcast where artists and performers of any kind share their story with us. My name is Miss Micah and I am your host. Welcome everybody and welcome to this episode of Rebel with a Mic. I'm your host, Miss Micah. And today, as our guest, we're having Charles Titchener from the That's band me. Dirty Cakes. That's right. Um, yeah, welcome Charles. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We, we, uh, I'm, 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 I'm stoked to be a part of what you're doing. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks, of course, for being my very first guest. So you get like the grand experience here of working it. everything out. It. So, um, yeah, you, um, you're on the West Coast right now. So you're like, yeah, sunny, I mean, I'm in sunny, sunny Los LA. Angeles. You can see the sun. It's over there. And hence I the know, like, lines on my face that will move as the sun continues to set over that hill over there. And, uh, but yes, it's, it's a beautiful evening here in, in Los Angeles, California. I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't complain, I must say. It's a, it's a, it's a nice place to be right now. Yeah, I'm really jealous on the, of that patio, I wish I It's a nice spot, <laughs> I, I know, gotta I say. Know. It's an old Swedish uh, fireplace we found. And found. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you just find yeah. it somewhere? <laughs> uh, so these people, this guy grew up in the Hollywood Hills and uh, they had a bunch in his house and um, all his parents passed and they were selling the house and somebody was gonna buy the house just to tear it down and build a new mansion. And uh, he was like, yeah, can you just get it out of here? And we are like, okay, sure. Got a truck, got a saw and uh, some pliers. You know, and uh, ripped that thing right out of there and uh, awesome. brought it over. And now uh, now it's got a good fire, you know. Although That's it's awesome. clearly not the weather for having a fire right now. Um, it does look really nice, especially when it's dark. Uh, the fire, not, not, as, um, not as beautiful in the middle of the daytime because it's hard to see. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Great. So yeah, I've been I've been following you guys on Instagram for a little while, and um, you guys got like three singers out this year already. I yeah, guess. yeah. We had uh, Make Love out. We had Gimme Some, and just released in the Garden. So that's the first. That's the first three singles of this year, and uh, we had a music video for Make Love, and the music video for. Uh, for Gimme Some actually just released today. So that's very exciting. So it'll be two weeks ago or so uh, when you get to check this out. But um, I had some friends of mine. This guy's name is Jarl and uh, his, his fiance, Lily. Um, now he used to be in a band called The Cues and in The Cues he played short guitar because he's like five, six. And we had another buddy, his name is Rob. He played tall guitar because he was six too. And so they were, they were both played rhythm and lead. So one was tall guitar, one was short guitar. Well, anyway, I was uh, always, they used to be on a record label that I owned back when I lived on the East Coast and uh, their band, The Cues. And uh, I just wanted somebody to come in and do something really interesting. So the first video that we did, Make Love, which you may have seen, and it's an animated video. Um, we had a friend, Kat, from Georgia, uh, not South Carolina, Georgia, like former Soviet Union, Georgia. Uh, so for the uh, Eurasian folks, Eurasian, whatever. For those people on the other side of the, of the, of the, big, of the big oceans. Um, yeah, Eurasian, whatever. Uh, she did that video for us and it was a great. And so I was just like, I don't want to do a video of just like us because it's boring. So I asked my buddy George, uh, Jarl to do it. I, I call him George for short sometimes. Um, short guitar, even though it's more word letters, I call him George for short. And um, yeah, so him and his fiance did this animated, well, they did a puppet video basically. And it's 
awesome. Like I'm just, I, I so blessed to have them. And then we have another friend, um, Adam, who used to play in this band called Two Cents. He was the drummer and he did a video for us. So we have another video ready to go that we'll probably release in, a, in um, two months or so. Our goal is to basically release something every month, all year long. So July, we're gonna release a cover of our, we did a cover of David Bowie's I'm Afraid of Americans. So we're gonna release that on July 4th, right in time for uh, Independence Day. Uh, you know, big, big holiday in the States. And so uh, we'll, we'll try to release that um, as a nice little joke, as it were, a nice little, you know, tie into the Independence Day theme. And then after that, we'll release uh, the music video for this song off the, new, off the upcoming record um that this guy did for us which is really glitch art fun things and uh then um we got another album we'll, we'll probably release the whole album in like september or october we got another song we'll release after that and, and the idea is just either new song or new video like every month every five every four to six weeks like have something new and exciting and fun to talk about uh because we made this whole record uh but then COVID happened and so we couldn't you know tour to support it or anything so i was like all right and then we had some we'll call it drama in in the streets and uh long story short we um released one we released uh, one single called photograph last year off the, off the record it was the first track and then we released this song called Resist, which is a political song. And uh, that was just getting a lot of attention. We decided not to step on its toes because election day is in November. So we're basically just like, we'll just let this thing go until November. And then uh, it took until the mid-December or so for the election to be official. And then um, inauguration day on January, it was like, well, we don't have to resist anymore. We, we, you know, this thing at least. So we released a new thing. And so then every four to six weeks or so, we were releasing something new just so that, you know, we're gonna have something interesting. So it's new songs, new singles, new videos, um, as much as we can so that uh, we can put something new out there that's interesting and engaging and fun. Um, yeah, and so part of that is also getting to talk to really fun people. So. I don't even remember the question, but thank you. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was asking about your three singles you released this year, and I saw you guys have been active on Instagram a lot. You're doing like the 365 days of rock and roll. Yeah, know, we're basically doing thing. one reel every day just to walk through the progress, you know? So you get to see like ordering merchandise or we didn't do shit today, but I did walk the dog at the lake or hey, we just released this new video um, or the new single or we're in the studio again or whatever it is. Because um, we don't, you know, we don't have like shows to promote and we're not gonna try to sell the yeah. merch again. And so instead of being dark, why not tell people the story of this year? And um, well, I don't know if anybody else is doing it. And every now and again, it is like 11, o'clock at night and it's like oh man i didn't share anything today it was like oh well, tomorrow we're doing this okay so i'll hype up what we're gonna do tomorrow and call it a day i 100 did that at like 12 30 last night be like oh yeah the video is coming out tomorrow and uh because it was released by our friends called punkers tv and it was already england in, in england it was already tomorrow because time zones so I said, released today by Punkers TV, even though it wasn't going to be until I didn't go to sleep yet. So it was technically not tomorrow for my body. But yeah, so we've been doing this 365 days. And so far, we haven't missed a day yet, which is, um, well, is, is an ode to something. I'm not quite sure what that means, but it has been really interesting to be able to share the journey of what it's like, basically, for a band every day. You know, what is going on? That way people get to really connect with us in a time where we can't get out there connecting with them. I think it's a really great idea. Like I've been following it, like to see what you guys put out every day. And I've, I mean, I, I follow so many like smaller independent artists and I feel like during the pandemic, 
most of them kind of like got quiet. They're not really like promoting anything because they're not really releasing anything, no shows. But um, I feel like they kind of like go a little bit under, like by not posting anything. You kind of like forget about people. They're like not like, hey, I'm still here. So I really like the idea about the 365 because you're still like telling people like, hey, we're still here. We're working on stuff. Look yeah. at us. We want to pop up on your timeline. Don't forget about yeah, us. Yeah, we're still here. We're, we're living human yeah. beings, you know, like yeah, so. uh, and Instagram Reels came out and I was just like, this is perfect. You know, like this yeah. is just something new. It's something different and uh, get to have some fun with it. Um, although I've been totally toying with this, like. Do I do a reel of the music video today because it's only 15 seconds or do I upload the whole music video? And I just can't not decide what I'm ultimately going to end up doing. But I'll have to figure that out later. We're going we're gonna to see. We're going to see what happens. I might post the video as an Instagram TV did and then do a reel to promote that. Um, and that way I don't have to think about what I'm going to do tomorrow. We'll see. Oh, we'll see. Should... Tomorrow might be the courthouse. We'll see what happens. Or you could make the, make the reel as a little teaser just to get people... That's not a bad idea. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, because like For short teasers. Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. So, because yeah, the video is just so cool. I mean, it took a while to get it in, and and like I I'm so glad they took their time to make it right because it's just I'm not very often speechless, and I was hanging outside this this spot called the Fix, waiting on getting a bacon cheeseburger and some sweet potato fries, and I had to wait. So I was in my car and I just watched the video and I wrote them back this message just like, and I ended up posting the message as a reel a couple of days ago, just like, um, holy, this is, I very rarely do I not have much to say. This is, this might be the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And um, yeah, like it's, it's awesome. So maybe, maybe, yeah, hopefully I can build some teaser around it and make some something interesting out of it that might be that might be the way to go i might be able to milk it for like a week so i don't have to think about too many of the reels just tease another part of the video another part of the video we'll see what happens but i like that idea what a lot of they artists all... do that just like Oop, sorry yeah <laughs> I think no i think yeah a lot of artists like when they they like say like oh big announcement next week or new single dropping and then it just do like little teasers here and there, like little bits to like keep people on their toes. I like that. I think what I might do is I might put it on my TV in the living room and then film it with my phone for like eight seconds or something and just be like, if you guys seen the thing, click the link. That might be the way to go. We'll see. Yeah, it's gonna have to be something like that. I wish I was better at the business side of the music business. Honestly, that is the, Rick, the bass player. That's like his whole thing is just like, he knows the business side of everything. He owns the record label that we're on. And um, yeah, he knows all that stuff. He's been doing it for so long. Like he is, uh, he's the pro when it comes to that stuff. I'm just a crazy person. He's a, he's a, he's a legitimate professional. Yeah, I know the feeling like uh, I always tell myself, like, I got to put more content out there. I got to promote myself more with what I'm doing. But then it's like, uh, I don't know. I wish somebody else would like take care of it and like give me tips on how to do it. And Oh, yeah. You know, it'd be I think the problem also is everybody's got great ideas. So it's really hard to understand, like, well, what am I going to do for me? You know, uh, but, you know, I guess that's a little bit of what comes with the territory too, you know. But I think what we try to do is do something that we find to be authentically us so that it doesn't feel contrived when we do it, you know. And if it's something that we can do consistently that is genuine and authentic, then I feel like that's the best chance we got. Now, whether that hits home or not is a completely other thing. Who knows? But... You know, uh, I have fun. That's what's important for me, at least. That's yeah. Yeah. So it looks like 2013 was the, the first year you guys released a single. Was that like when the band came together, started like? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I moved to L.A. At the, in, in 2013, I moved to, to California 
I moved to LA in October of 2012. <clears throat> and so, um, it took a while to find the right group of people and to put some stuff together. And you know, there'd been more than a few versions of the band as it were. Um, but that's when things really kind of get started, I think, you know, and then, um, so we released the first little like three songs and then we released another little three songs and then this little thing here or there. And um, what I'm really excited about is we're actually working on releasing like a full length album, which will be fun. Like I'm gonna get it on vinyl, like I'm gonna love it. It's gonna be cool. Uh, you know, I'm gonna have like six copies of my parents' house because nobody will buy it. It's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> it is always that little stag in somebody's house in a box hidden. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I, I used to be in this band in Orlando because I used to live in Florida and my old drummer, wasn't even in the band yet. And he's got four copies of this vinyl record that like nobody bought because we couldn't give them away. And then, like two years after he got the copy, he ended up joining the band for like a year or two. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so yeah, what, what actually like made you decide to get into music, start a band? Was it always like a, like a dream from child on or? Yeah, I think, you know, my, there was there's music instruments in the house when I was a kid. So my dad played guitar. He had a guitar out. He never really like played out openly, but there was instruments around. And I joined, uh, you know, in, in school, I joined like, you know, the orchestra and the chorus and all of that stuff. And I remember, you know, just getting really into it. And, on some birthday, my dad went 50-50 with me on a guitar from the pawn shop, some acoustic guitar. And then in ninth grade woodshop, uh, like the day, my last day in ninth grade at that school, because I got expelled in ninth grade. And uh, my last day at that school before I got kicked out, um, I was like, I was officially kicked out, but it was my official last day there. I had finished, ultimately built an electric guitar in, in woodshop and I, I still have it to this day um it looks awful it plays terribly um it's completely useless but i still have it and that was basically you know my first one that i built and um yeah like actually the rick and i have built more than a few guitars together i think most of the guitars I actually play in the band actually every guitar we play in the band none of them are standard um guitars and so like i really liked a lot of that stuff and um so i got you know little stomp boxes that make fuzz sounds and a little bad amplifier i got a pv audition plus which um yeah so it was just always the thing that i was doing and i think because i went to alternative schools I had like English professors that were like, look, you don't have to read, just write poetry or do things like that. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And they're like, okay, write song lyrics. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And so it just always really resonated with me. And, uh, you know, by the time I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I was playing gigs at like little coffee shops and stuff like that. And, you know, by my mid twenties, I was touring and playing, you know, I had a series of vans that I, I, uh, you know, took a few broke friends around the country with uh, that guy, jo George, that made the music video. He and I did a big tour through North and South Carolina, like a lot of years ago. And uh, so it had a lot of fun with that. And I think um, it's one of those things that I will probably do till the day I die, no matter what. Um, but it is very much just this it's like a compulsion, you know, like uh, some people have to flick the light switch on three times before they leave the room. Otherwise, everybody's going to die. Like, I have to make music. It's just that same kind of thing. Um, and, and when I wasn't playing music, I was also a radio DJ and I had a recording studio. So it was just very much in in my life. And when I graduated high school, I had the opportunity to go to college. Um, and instead of going to like a legit college with like, you know, sports team and dormitoriums and all of that fun stuff, I went to this like 
for-profit fake college that basically just taught you how to make records. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. So within a year, within, within a year of going, of moving out of the house, like I had a recording studio in my three bedroom, in my, in my apartment, um, like the master bedroom just done up as a recording studio. And, uh, and uh, I was just making really awful music, like consistently. And I feel like that's the key. If you make really awful music consistently and then you stay on stages and do a really bad job often, eventually what will happen is that you'll get to some point where you get halfway decent at it. And I, and I, and I think that that's the key is if you do poorly enough, unless you're just gifted, um, in order to be good, you have to do bad enough, often enough, in enough places, or at least that was my path. Um, I don't know if that's the same for everybody, but um, yeah, I uh, I definitely, I used to, I, I, so there's this, I used to go, I used to headline this open mic night every Tuesday. And what that meant was they would put me on last. Now I thought it was a blessing, like, hey, look, I'm headlining this thing. And it took me years to realize that they put me on last because they knew that it would get everybody out of the bar. And so they didn't have to really do a last call. It was just like, oh, well, Charlie's going up. Great, everybody closes their tabs. And the wait staff is out of the door at like 2.15 instead of three o'clock. And uh, it took years, years for me to realize that was what was happening. Because uh, eventually they were like, no, you can go on earlier. And I was like, why would I want to do this? Like, well, don't you want to play for some people? Like, I've been headlining this for years. Like, yeah, but you don't have to. And then I was like, oh, I just wasn't good. Got it. Okay. Now I get so, it. So that was you playing by yourself. And did you have like your, your homemade guitar with you that you played on? Yeah. Yeah. At the time. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was that. And then uh, I also had a, an acoustic guitar that I had uh, strung some wire around and hung up, up in the middle of it so that I could like make it an electric. And I still have that guitar too, although it's got more, I, I've gone from using wire to hang a, a pick, uh, uh, like a pickup to using um, packing tape from the post office um, and stickers to basically stick a Fender Stratocaster pickup onto this guitar so then I can just jack use the plug but the plug generally goes inside the guitar and I didn't want to put a hole in it so I had to flip the plug upside down and then use packing foam and tape so there's this big mound on it so that I can stick the jack into the packing tape into the packing material and the tape uh, and then I played shows with that for you know many, many years. Um, but yeah, um, it took years of doing that for me to convince enough other people to get on stage with me uh, and then eventually form a band. And, um, you know, at, at that point, it was basically over. I think I've been in an active band or playing shows for ever since. And, and, and that started probably when I was like 19, 20. Um, I would have probably done it earlier. I was playing a lot of music when I was a teenager, but I wasn't cool. Like I didn't have friends, you know what I'm saying? So like, there wasn't like a band. I think one day some kids came over to my house to audition me and I was terrible at it, but my parents were very enthusiastic. And so they put a whole bunch of electrical outlets in the basement and the kids never came back ever again. Oh, that's, that's sad. Uh, well, yes, a little bit, but ultimately it's what got me here. So I can't be too upset. Yeah. I mean, you, you sound like you, you're like a self-made to the core, kind of like, like everything, like you, you made your instruments yourself, like everything. It's like, yeah, <laughs> the all yeah, package I, of self-made. <laughs> yeah. I used to say, you know, um, if you can't afford an instrument, you can build one. Um, if nobody, if, if nobody will book your show, book you on a show, become a promoter. Um, if you can't get on the radio, become a radio DJ. These are all things that I did. Uh, if you can't afford to make merchandise, learn how to make it yourself. Um, if, you, if, if nobody will put you on tour, make your own tour. And uh, I basically just did that. You know, I couldn't make records, so I built a recording studio. Uh, and, and it was all just like this, well, I'm not good enough, or, and I don't have enough money to do this, like, legitimately. 
So I'm just going to do it poorly by myself. And because of that, I got into it enough times and did enough work that eventually I got halfway decent enough to, you know, get a couple of the people to slum it and, and, uh, and join, you know, like dirty cakes, Rick, like Rick, Rick, Rick regularly toured the world. Um, and now he's not, he, he's playing bass for us, but he was in this band called the English beat and the, another band called the specials and he played lead guitar. So he spent many years basically just traveling the world playing guitar for a living um and now he's my bass player so clearly you know I, I've, I've been able to trick another person into joining joining the thing that i'm doing and that's we awesome. were were you know best friends which is great that's awesome i mean i can i can totally understand like the whole like oh if you can't afford this do it yourself because i'm i'm like kind of in the same boat i've only been doing comedy like two years But it's like, yeah, you have to start on the open mic level. You have to go up there, bump your ass off. Like, don't oh, get yeah. any laughs. People just look at you like, what the hell are you doing up there? And then you like get to the point where it's like, okay, I want to do some shows. Like, and um, it's like, like you said, like nobody books you, do your own shows. Like next week I'm moving out of state to like out in the boonies and there's probably no open mic. So, okay, I'm going to have to start my own open mic, do my own shows. And um, yeah, like I have, I have so much craft stuff like I can I can make merge if I wanted to like just like you said like teach yourself how to like find a solution get yourself out there. Yeah, it's a lot Somebody's cheaper to some, do it yourself. Yeah. There's more money in it, you know. Like if you want to make a T-shirt or patches or stickers or buttons or something. Um, yeah, and and I and I love that that mentality of like if it does if the opportunity doesn't present itself, then I'm just gonna go ahead and make it. Yep. Uh, because otherwise, what are you going to do? Sit at home feeling sorry for yourself that like somebody else didn't take the initiative to like call the dead bar. That's like uh, on a Tuesday, they close at 10 p.m. because even the guy that brings his social security check to drink goes home by that point in time. And they're just like, screw it. And you're like, hey, can I get nothing from you and just take your stage? I'll bring my own PA. Let me just sit up in the corner. And I'll bring like five people and they're like, fantastic, go for it. And then all of a sudden now you're the mover and shaker making things happen for somebody else. And yeah. sometimes it's just that easy, you know? Um, but some people, I don't, I don't think many people have the desire or the presence of mind to try to do that. And I think that it, uh, I think, that you can choose to either wait for somebody else to give you the opportunity or you can do it yourself. Um, and the honest truth is the people that are really, really big, the people that have really done something, almost all of them have been the people that nobody ever just like picked them up off the street and was like, here's everything, go have fun. Almost everybody had to show some initiative. And uh, that's what it's all about, right? And uh, that's what brought us here. So it's a pretty good thing. I mean, it looks like it's been working out great for you guys, so. Well, thank you. I'm glad that it looks like that on the internet. Uh, no, it, <laughs> it has been. It has been. Um, you know, I, I, my, the only thing that I, my only complaint is that um, haven't been able to play shows, you know, like playing the shows outside of like the business aspect of music. It's, it's just fun. Haven't been able to enjoy that fun, but that's that's changing rather quickly. So, you know, hopefully in not too much time, we'll be able to get back to that point where we can share a stage and, and have a party with, with friends. Because, you know, I, our shows tend to not be just like, all right, we're going to do our 45 minutes about some whatever like uh, that's, that's just you know waiting for the next band and their girlfriends to like leave uh like I've never really been about that so like we do generally our live shows like 25 30 minutes long tops um like i think our live set before covid was 27 minutes and people were like well, why don't you play longer i'm like well the beatles did 28 minutes the hollywood bowl they're better than us When we're better than them, we'll be on stage for longer than they are. <laughs> and 
that generally gets a chuckle and then nobody bothers us about going on stage long. They're like, look, if you need me to take up time, I will set my equipment up slower. I will absolutely fill that time for you. Like we'll take longer during sound check, whatever you'd like. Um, but we don't have more material. It's like, it's not gonna get any better than this. And uh, then I think the other side of it is too, that you make them experiences. So for instance, like our last show that happened the night before LA shut down, like we had pinatas and we had birthday cake and there was, you know, somebody doing caricature drawings and uh, you made cupcakes that were made for everybody. And we, you know, gave the first like hundred people that came in, we gave them a gift bag with like a t-shirt and a, uh, a t-shirt and a, and a, and a, and a single, and a CD and a cassette and, uh, you know, some gift cards to things and whatnot. Like it's an experience. There's a reason, like if somebody comes to the show, it generally means they had to leave their house. Now, I don't know if you've ever left your house, but when you do that, you have to go outside. And outside there's things called people. And I don't know if you've ever met people, but like, yeah. So the fact that somebody put on pants, right? That like, they, they decided, well, you know what? I'm not gonna just get Netflix and DoorDash like, or Uber Eats. Like I'm gonna actually leave my house and go deal with people and parking. You ever had to deal with parking a vehicle? Like that sucks. And then, so you have to do all of that to pay far too much for a drink and around a room of a bunch of strangers. Like in order for somebody to go through that experience, you better make it worthwhile for that person to have that been a good decision, especially if it's at a show and somebody like brings us somebody else with them. Maybe they're trying to impress a nice little lady or a fella, you know, and then like that night's going to go one or two ways. And like, if you don't do a good job, that night's going to more than likely end in one way than another. And well, that's just being rude. So like there's a, there's a, you know, I think that there is a, uh, a responsibility to make it an interesting time, you know, make it fun, make it ultimately, if you're at a venue, your job is to sell alcohol and to make an experience. You can sell alcohol, the bar will have you back or the venue will have you back. And if you make an experience, people tell their friends to go. And generally speaking in the world of rock and roll, you do that in one simple way. You make girls dance. You make girls dance, then the guys will buy them drinks, and then everybody goes home together, and then they come back the next time. That's generally a pretty good rule of thumb. If you're doing something that is preventing people from enjoying themselves, well, then you're just being selfish. That's that's my opinion, and you can quote me on that if you feel like it, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, so hopefully we get back to being able to do shows, because. I would love to do that again. You know, like our last time when we did the show is like, you know, we had this pinata full of like chocolates and candies and bouncy balls and condoms and just like, you know, set the thing on fire. Like it was, it was fun. You know what I mean? Like, why not go do that? It was like a Thursday. Like what's going on on a Thursday? Oh, well, these guys are, you know, got a pinata. What are they going to burn an effigy of somebody? And like, there's, you know, prophylactics and chocolate inside of it. Like, how is that not a good time? Like you don't even have to like the music for five bucks and you get like to, you know, you get some, you know, cupcakes, a free drink and some merchandise, and then you get to have an experience. Like I'm all about experiences. I feel like life is for the living. And so, yeah. I like the whole idea because it's like, even if the music is not like convincing people to book you, they still want to have you back because people are going to like, remember all the stuff you guys did. Like, oh my God, this band was awesome. They had all these, like they gave us all this entertainment and free stuff and whatnot. I mean, even if the music yeah. sucks, they're gonna like wanna come and see you again just because of the experience. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, look, we need all the help we can get. So like, you know, we try to put in a lot of effort to, you know, uh, make sure that people have a good time. I like that. So, so besides like Instagram and social media, like you said, you have like merch. So is there like anything outside of, of the internet you guys do like go out, put out like, flyers of the band name just to like get more oh, yeah, people's attention. Oh yeah, we definitely attention. do that. Like we definitely flyer. One of my favorite things to do, cause we're in Los Angeles is I keep stickers in my car, right? And so then whenever I go somewhere and there's a parking meter, I will take my sticker out and basically tag every parking meter up and down the street. So that anytime anybody has to go put money in a parking meter, they see the band name. And I stopped doing it so much in COVID because in LA they stopped charging for the parking meters for a while. And, um, but I can still drive by the parking meters and then like see the sticker that I put up there a year ago 
and it's all sun faded out. So like, you can barely read it, but you can see the square of where it used to be, like the essence of sticker is still there. So definitely try to go and do that stuff. And when things do open up, we'll definitely, you know, be at shows constantly and buy other bands merchandise and really make friends and get to know people. Cause um, there's an old saying, you know, it's not, you know, but who knows you? And I'd say it's like, you know, why do people know who you are? And if like, you're the person that people think fondly of, well, that's a much better thing to be. Yeah, I mean, it's like, even even if you're not like the greatest, as long as you make like connections, like people will recognize you, like be consistent, show up, introduce yeah. yourself. And people are like, oh, this guy is cool. And we should invite him to like open up Absolutely. for us, take him on tour. And it's like, you never know yeah. who you're talking to. You know, we used to do this thing. And we, I mean, I guess we used to, we still do. We just haven't done it in a while because the shows haven't happened. But like, I bring like boxes of cookies to every show. And so in, in LA, we have these things called carnicerias. It's like a Mexican grocery store and they have old Mexican cookies. And so you get like a hundred of these things. So I just get to the show and then you just go around like, hey, nice to see you, you want a cookie? And like, if there's a room full of 50, 100 people and every single person in there you've had a conversation with and like you've handed them a, you've given them a cookie or two and they all be like, hey, would you like some cookies? And they take one and be like, no, 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 cookies. I said, cookies plural you got to take more than one like let's not lie to ourselves you want at least two so then they take two so then you're making this like personal you get everybody to chuckle a little bit and then you don't even pitch yourself and then you go on stage like hey it's the cookie guy like yeah it's the cookie guy you know and then like by the fifth time you do it we got to the point where venues would book us and like the sound guy would come up and be like hey man you got those cookies like yeah yeah i got the cookies don't worry like you're gonna get some cookies i just gotta bring my guitar in and then like i will hook you up with some cookies like all right cool man thanks and so then you just had a reputation of being the band that brought, that brought cookies. Um, I, thought, I thought that was fitting, being dirty cakes. You gotta have some baked good, you know? Might step it up for the first couple of shows and do more cupcakes or donuts. Might do some croissants, who knows? But like, if you just, I think it's one of those things. If you can make an impression on people so that they enjoy it, they're gonna go, you know? And so if they can have a, positive emotional connection with you and their takeaway is something that is fruitful and feels good how is somebody not going to be enthusiastic the next time you come around maybe you have to beat them over the head five shows with cookies and then they're finally like hey the cookie guy let's go do the thing but hey look i will gladly invest in some really really low cost mexican cookies to turn you into a friend i like the whole concept I mean, I'm like, I don't know if you guys ever like come into my area where I can like come to a show and get some cookies or something. Because like, I mean, like all the concerts, like even like local shows, like in the pub, whatever I go. And usually the band members don't really like make a connection with the audience. They like go set up, do their thing. And then they like maybe sit in a corner, have their beer, drinks, whatever. But it's not like they like come out and like mingle and like, hey, how did you like the show? Or like. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, yeah, it's just no, like, okay, do the business and done. and. Yeah, you know, I feel like people might have different motivations. And I think, I think a lot of people, I find that a lot of bands are full of people that think because um, their parents bought them lessons and they have nice shiny equipment and they wrote some song about some girl that broke their heart 40 years ago in their bedroom and they can play seven instruments that you should give a shit about what they have to say. And the honest truth is nobody cares. You can con your friends to come out once or twice, but at some point, like, I'm going to lie to you when you tell me, hey, can you come and be like, no, I'm washing my hair. I haven't told you what day, I'm washing my hair every single day that you're having a show. Doesn't matter, like, I don't even know what day it is, I'm busy. Just cause like, I think it's incredibly rude or selfish or something. Just, I feel like it, you need to care, right? Like I remember I was talking about before, like somebody left their house, they paid for parking, they're paying like $8 drinks or something. That, or they went out to have a good time and you're that person in the corner actually ruining their time. Like that happens a lot too, uh, especially like, you know, in, in the world of open mics, right? Whether it's music or comedy or anything, like somebody might've just like their dinner arrived late and like they're just 
really unfortunate people that got their food like five minutes before you went on and now they have to just sit through whatever you're doing so they can finish their you know chicken piccata or whatever and too many places serve chicken piccata and have an open mic night it's probably like a burger burger and fries they have to finish their burger and fries because whatever right their chicken tenders came out late or something right and um like yeah so it's really disappointing oh the other thing is bands will play shows and the same thing happens in comedy um where like they'll show up five ten minutes before they go on they'll play their thing and they'll leave and then they complain about not being popular and it's like well you came in to effectively bother people made no relationship and then left right away like what do you expect to happen um, and so for bands that are trying to do something or com comedians or anybody trying to do something like you don't have to be nearly as good as the other person if you care about the person at the show far more than they do. And I feel like that person relationship goes so far because I mean, I'll be honest, there are some extraordinarily successful people that are awful at what they do, but they make people feel good, you know? And I used to be so mad and jealous, like, well, yeah, of course, the popular kid's doing whatever. And then like, well, yeah, well, the popular kid does whatever, but they also hung around and showed respect for other people and talked positively about folks and whatever else. And it tends to have an impact. I found that out because I used to, found that out the hard way after playing this spot in Orlando called Natura Coffee and Tea. It's out by one of the colleges. I probably played it for a year and a half. Nobody gave, nobody cared at all that I was there. They were bothered that I was there. I was a little too loud for this coffee shop. <laughs> and then um, I started to do this thing. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, any proviso and, and recommendation aside. I would bring like a 12 pack or two 12 packs of PBR and I keep them in my van. And then when I would go up there, now mind you, I was like 20 and everybody else is a college kid and they served coffee and tea at like midnight at this joint. So, I roll in there and just be like, I would start to bring people into the van and just be like, hey, do you want to hang out and listen to like decent music and drink some capsule ribbon? And you make friends awfully quick that way, you know? And uh, I mean, it's shit beer, but it's really cheap. And that's, that's the key. When nobody else can drink, cheap beer goes a long way. Um, and it's basically the same proto version of bringing those Mexican cookies or now, you know, the pinatas and the cupcakes to, to shows. So just like make sure that somebody, when they see you, like I get to the point where I come in like, oh man, hey, you got a, you got a Pepsi ribbon in the van? Like, yeah, actually I do. Like, you know, and then just like now the sound guy comes and be like, hey man, get some cookies. Like, yeah, I'm like some pusher, you know, like, yeah, I got some, I got some, you know, you got, a, you got the little wink and the nudge and the, and the handshake. Yeah, you know. Um, but it's about those personal relationships. And I think that if you have really, if you're really good at making those personal relationships, you're going to do a lot better, which kind of brings us full circle back to the thing about the Instagram and the 365 days of rock and roll. And it's like, we're not selling anything. And, and like, none of those are like, Hey, we got shirts, pay us money. They're all like, you know, it was half the time. It's, it's just stupid stuff. Like, you know, I, you know, I mean, yeah, last two or three days, it's been like, hey, the music video is coming out or something. But other times it'll be like, hey, we're in the studio and this is a song nobody will ever hear because it's awful. Check this out. It's terrible, <laughs> you know? Or like, hey, you know, I'm recording this vocal for a song that's coming out in, in a couple of weeks or something. Like we just have the finishing touches or, you know, just something like that. But then you get to have that personal relationship where people get to humanize you, you know? And I feel like that is just so important. Yeah. So important. There's like a lot of like artists, bands, they just like, they just put like, like band related stuff, like, like group photos or whatever. They don't really like give like insight, like behind the scenes. You don't really like make this like connection with them. You just see them as like, as like this, like, just like a plain picture. Like, okay, yeah. a band. you don't really like see like how they are as human beings, their personalities. Like Yeah, they think they deserve some attention because they have a, you know, somebody went on, you know, PowerPoint or like Canva made a logo and they actually have a bad, you know, terrible band name and sound like five other famous people. It's like, why am I, why, do I, why should I care? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I feel like that's a big thing is that you have to give people a reason to give a shit, you know, honestly, like, cause like, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm terribly selfish and very self-driven. Like I do things basically for attention and money. Uh, which is, you know, one of the reasons I play guitar and 
sing in a rock and roll band, um, you get a lot of attention, whether people want to give you the attention or not. I can make sure that person can hear me one way or the other. I have very loud amplifiers and a big voice. Now you might not like it. My attention might be you leaving, but at least I got a reaction. Uh, and, and like, I feel like that's valuable, you know? Um, and yeah, I think that people just wildly underestimate the value of relationships. Um, and if anything that this year's taught us, it's how valuable the good relationships we have, you know, like how many friends did we have that, you know, stopped texting five, six months ago? You know what I mean? Or, you know, like, I can't tell you how many people I haven't heard from because they haven't been able to invite me to the same show over and over again. You know what I mean? It's like, look, I've seen your set. Like, I'm in LA. I used to be a regular at the comedy store. Like, I had a buddy and I was like, man, I'm not going to your show. Like, I'm not paying $15 to get into a club and watch you do the exact same set because like you got it this time and you're on the stage with some famous person. Like, I don't care. I don't care. And it's because that person only ever asked for things, right? It's not like that person like came to the show. I mean, I do know other folks that came to the show all the time and like they came to my show all the time. They've definitely heard the music before, you know? And it's just like, okay, well, I'll go to your show because it's fun. You brought five other, you know, like you, if you take all the time, you don't necessarily surround yourself with other really fun people. And I think that if you give all of the time and you're willing to take care for those relationships, you surround yourself with other people that bring something to the table. And there's a reason why just really fun, happy people tend to have really fun, happy friends. And then everybody else wants to be around the fun, happy people. Now you can sit around and complain that you're not one of those people or you can bring, you know, paps of ribbon and cookies everywhere you go. And then even if people don't like you, they're still gonna ask, hey, when are you coming around? And I'm not saying people really like me, but when I show up, they know there's cookies coming. And at least they can they can de- they can pretend to like me for that 10 or 15 Just minutes. To get the cookie. <laughs> Just to get the cookies. I think it's a great idea. I need to like think about something. Cause I mean like even like, like open mics, like you said, like when I go to open mics, it's like people like come in, drop their name, do their thing and just walk out the door. It's like, yeah, they're just like, because for, when I started comedy, they always told me like, like one of the set rules is like, if you go to open mic, stay till the end. Don't like, like stay to the end, go up to the host, thank the host for like putting it on, giving you the stage time, just make a connection with the host. So they remember you be consistent. And just stay till the end and not just be a dick and be like, all right, I'm going to go up first, do my five minutes and see ya. Yeah, Because- I mean, that's absolutely true. And I mean, it depends on how saturated your city is. If you can do like three or four or five open mics in a night, then yeah, you should travel from open mic to open mic just and put in the work. Yeah. But if, if it's like the only one and you're, you know, in Boone or something like that, where like there's like you, you're at the one location that has indoor plumbing for like 20 miles in any direction, <laughs> then yeah, stick around, right? Because like, even if you're just a genuine person that has something nice to say about people, you're gonna get far more than the person that shows up for five minutes and goes home and complains about how nobody likes them. And they're generally like, well, they just don't get it. It's like, no, nobody gets you because nobody took the time because you already basically told everybody to F off because you didn't even take the, the, the smallest bit of effort of caring about anybody else. So yeah, maybe you can, you know, maybe you can do the, the, the cookies. You know, some Oreos is really cheap. It's like three bucks, four bucks. <laughs> icing on top. Yeah, you know. Icing just like, and sprinkles, dress it Absolutely, <laughs> right? Like if you if you went out of your way and made a tray of like 20, 30 Oreos with some sprinkles and a little bit of icing on it, and every time you went to a set, you're just like, hey, would you like an Oreo with some sprinkles on it? And they'd be like, uh, sure, okay. It's really awkward, but they're going to be nice to you. And then by the fourth or fifth time of you doing it, maybe then they'll pay close enough attention to listen to your set. And by that time, you'll have gotten better than the first time. So then they, they might even forget you until you had enough of a reaction for them to feel good about you. And then if they feel good about you, it's a lot easier in your set for them to like it. Because half the time, even in comedy, like, or in rock and roll or anything, somebody's opinion of what you do on stage has a lot to do with what their, their opinion of 
you is, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you might really like somebody, maybe they're just a terrible comedian. That happens a lot. But maybe somebody's halfway decent, but you don't like them, so you just never give them the time of day, you know? And if you're halfway decent, if you can get, you know, comedy especially, is just about getting somebody right over that edge to get that little bit of a laugh. And if somebody's already smiling when you're on stage, it's easier to get them there, you know what I mean? And in rock and roll, like, very much how in comedy, it's like you want, you want, you know, a, you want a loud room with like a short ceiling so that the, so the laughter bounces and people feel like they're a part of something and it's more intimate. In rock and roll, it's like, you just want people to like come off of the wall or stand up. Like if you can force them to take three, three steps closer to the stage, they're gonna feel better about you than if they stood back. Cause everybody needs like this permission giver, right? So there's like, you know, it's like, I guess, like middle school dance. Nobody wants to go out on the floor. But as soon as like the one person does, okay. But when the second person joins them and then the third person goes, then everybody's in. But yeah. it takes that like second and that third person to do it. So if you can get like two or three people on your side because you got the Oreos with the sprinkles and like, honestly, this is sounding really good. I want some Oreos with some ice. <laughs> But like, if you were to bring, you know, a, if you if you just go out and get a sleep, you know, thing Oreos, what is it, four four bucks, three bucks, whatever at the store, right? I don't know what the store, new North Carolina, South Carolina prices are on Oreos these days. But like, <laughs> go to the Walmart or the Target or something, get some Oreos. Go to the Piggly Wiggly, depending on where you're at, um, or the Win Dixie, I guess. I don't know. I, I forget what they're all. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, it might cost you twenty minutes of your time. And then you have the opportunity of having a 30 second conversation with people where they get to meet you. And then they get to be like, oh, this person's funny. They're nice. Oh, hey, like blah, blah, blah. Maybe they catch you, maybe they don't. You don't ask anything from them. And by the, maybe you never see them again or maybe they're there every week and they've seen you three times but they don't remember who you are. Eventually they're gonna think something and it's a lot better to be thought of than to be completely ignored especially if you're in the entertainment industry and there's a little bit of this like desperation for attention that's, that's driving you because we're all nobody gets into the entertainment business because like they're very you know their childhood was awesome they're very well rounded and everything's working out for them like generally there's some motivation you know what i mean uh yeah so i like the idea of this of this oreos and the icing and the sprinkle i feel like you do that a couple times and you're going to be in a good place. Yeah, I like the whole idea. Um, so what do you what do you think, like what your goal is for the band? Like, where do you want to like end up being like, do you want to like get up to the top or are you fine where you're at right now? Or what's the final goal? I don't know if there is a final goal. I think when I was younger, I really wanted something. And then I realized at some point as the years went by that like, that's probably not gonna happen. I think what would be great is just to be included and to have fun and to basically go to a place. And what I get off on in, in being in a band is the like exchange of energy. And anybody that's ever been on stage understands that that feeling when you're not just doing something at somebody, but when it's like an experience, right? And I love it when people talk about me when I leave the room, right? And so if there's this really positive vibe, that'd be great. You know, like turning down more offers than I accept. Um, and just being busy and getting to do it in a way where people enjoy what you do and what you do is fulfilling and fun. And I think if you're having fun doing it, then that's great. And for me personally, because I'm insecure and like don't have a lot of friends, people enjoying it and wanting me be around sounds sounds fantastic. So like, I feel like that's ultimately it. I would love, hey, look, anything on top of that is great. I like doing it with my friends. You know, I'm on stage with people that I enjoy being around, getting to do the thing that makes me happy especially in rock and roll, like, especially with the, with the sheer volume of air that I move because I have, I have loud amplifiers. Um, and there's just this feeling, this visceral, like, have you ever been to a show and, and like, 
certain body parts just jiggle inside of your, you know, like you hit a note and then like all of a sudden just like your kidneys vibrating or something like that. It feels nice. There's something to that experience that um, if I could do that more and more often and the outcome of having that fun is people coming up to me and saying nice things, that sounds pretty good. I think, I think that's, that's a win for me. If I get more than that, that'd be fantastic. But uh, I don't need more than that from it. And I think that is why we've seen more success in the last year and a half than we had forever before. Because the motivation was different. And when the motivation is more genuine, I think you get a more genuine reaction. Yeah, I could see the same thing. Like, like, like you said, like, when people grew up had like a nice childhood or something they have a different motivation like like for me in like middle school i got bullied i was overweight people made fun of me and i didn't really have much friends so I'm now doing comedy and like after i do my set people come up to me like oh my god this was great and we really liked it and people like reaching out wanting to book you and they're like oh my god there's people that actually like like me and want to see me it's like this whole totally like opposite from like back in school where, where people were like just like bullying you and hating you and yeah like you said like like I'm, I don't I don't know where I want to see myself going like I'm not like shooting for like to become famous or whatever just like like enjoying the feel like oh there's people that want to book you they actually enjoy what you have to say and they're just having a good time and just uh enjoying it yeah like sometimes just enjoying things is okay you know you don't need you don't need more than that out of stuff every now and again. Sometimes just dedicating part of your life and something that's fulfilling to go share that with people and for that to be fun. That sounds like a great investment. Yeah, it's like great. it's like being a baker, right? <laughs> if you really enjoy making cookies, and then you know that some schmuck like me is going to take those cookies <laughs> out to a bar and enjoy that, well. You know, I'm gonna come back. Or if, like, if you make cakes, I've always thought this: like, people that make chocolates or like make baked goods or like somebody that you know that makes you know the chocolate covered, you know, chocolate panel, whatever. You know, uh, like to make that and then you hand it, serve it to somebody and then they bite into it and they're like, "Oh my god, this is great!" Like that. That's I want that. That's that's awesome. I have to come to one of the shows whenever you guys start. Um having shows again. I want to. Oh yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it is fun. It is fun. I got to tell you that's, that's the primary focus one way or the other, you're going to make a decision. You're going to make it pretty quick. Um, and generally speaking, that decision is more and more on the path of people are like, Hey, this is fun. It, there was not, there was plenty of time where it was just like, Hey, this is really loud and I don't like this person, but then, you know, you figure something <laughs> out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's um, let's wrap it up. Um, okay. I got through all the questions, and then I have one. I want to do one final question that's like unrelated to music that I want to do with people. Okay. And it's just like, what's your favorite childhood memory? Hmm. Man, favorite childhood memory. Let's see. Um. Man, there's, there's, okay, so, but at the top of mind right now, one of my favorite childhood memories, and I'll go with this one for today. I used to play baseball when I was a kid, right? Little League Baseball. And I was smarter than the average bear, right? Like I was a little bit smart, whatever. And, um, so there was this game, and I, I and, you know, I was up to bat, and there were some people on base. And, I hit the ball pretty far. And uh, generally speaking, you hit the ball pretty far, you run to the base. And then like, if you can't get to the next base, you hang out there and then they, they throw the ball back to the person to start another thing. And I was like, you know what, screw this. And, and I just hung out about halfway between the two bases. And it basically meant that the kid that got the ball hit to him had no right thing to do. If he chased me down, there's going to be somebody else on another base that was going to go score a point, right? Go get a run. So they were going to be, they were going to lose or they were going to be losing more if the kid like tries to come after me. 
he's also not strong enough to prevent that other person from doing something. So he can't like try to do that. And if I, if he does that, then I'm gonna move like a base or two. And there's no right move for this kid to do. So he just freezes. And then like some dad comes out of the stands. We're like nine. Some dad comes out of the stands and just like calls. And I was like, all right, play's over. Like my kid's just having a panic attack because he has nothing right to do. So he's just not doing anything. And I don't know why, but for right now, today, in this very moment, me at nine, basically putting the fear of like whatever into this kid so that he had nothing, there was no good decision for him to make. So he just stood there like, I don't know why. That makes me feel good today. I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> Have you ever talked to the kid again? I have no idea who it is. I, I don't think oh. I knew the kid at the time. Yeah. Uh, I would love to know if that kid remembered it. That kid probably hasn't remembered it at all. I'm probably like the only person. And I do remember my dad telling me that like all the other parents in the stands were like screaming at me to, 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 to go, you know, back to the base to end the play because I was like being stupid. And he was just sitting there laughing because he understood what I was doing. And he thought it was brilliant. And like, he told me that story for years and years and years of just like, yeah, no, everybody else was flipping out. And I just stood there so proud, so proud. You <laughs> put that kid in a situation where every move he made was wrong. And so you just sit there and stared at him, waiting for him to make a mistake because there was nothing he could do. And it took an adult intervening to effectively just prevent this kid from freezing uh, to, to, to move the day along because he just gave up. The kid just like couldn't do anything. He might as well just sat down and just been like, I, I give up, I'm, I'm, I don't care. Maybe that or it was like the most traumatic experience of this kid's life. And now he's like, you know, living some other trips. I hope that's not the case. I doubt anybody else, in there, anybody else remembers this random day from like the 1990s where like I made some kid just basically like just hit pause on his entire life because he had nothing that he could do. And just a bunch of adults screaming at everybody to do different things. And my dad just sitting back there, proud as can be, smile from ear to ear. I don't know why, but for today, I think that's the one I'm going to pick. Maybe maybe if you just ran into him randomly, he would just do the same, just freeze up and oh, that'd be amazing. panic attack. <laughs> just why out of the street. Right now? Maybe I wouldn't even recognize him, but he recognizes me. And which is odd because I didn't, my beard wasn't nearly as full back then when I was, you know, in fourth Nine. grade. And like, if you could still recognize me, that'd be crazy. Just I run into somebody, he's just like, <laughs> that'd be amazing. And then his dad comes running out of the, out of the <laughs> seats and just like, all right, it's over. It's over. It's okay. And, and then like makes him feel better. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Well, thanks for sharing that uh, memory with us. Oh, well, thank you. I was fun yeah. to remember that. I, I get to, I get to have a, a a nice memory now. I get to. You're gonna you're gonna go uh go on your computer and try to look up the guy's name and see if you I can might, find him. I, I legitimately try to go look it up. We're gonna see what happens. I don't have look a lot of school. Faith, was, was it a school team? No. So it was like West Springfield, Virginia, Little League. So I have to go back and see who was in who. What of like one thousand kids was playing? <laughs> and see if I can't trace it back. I, there might not be enough documentation for me to find it, but I'm going to give it a good 30 seconds. We're going to see what happens. I'm sure with the internet, anything is possible. I'm sure. That's true. That's true. With the internet, anything is possible. You got to remember that, kids. I don't know why I maybe, said that. Maybe he wants to come to a show and get some cookies. That would be amazing. That would I mean, be amazing. He just freezes right up. Now. He would be the one in the audience. He just like, freezes up for like 28 minutes. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> That would be so much fun. And then I can you tell can the story him, about You can have him on the stage as a puppet, like, um, oh, yeah. merch and just freeze up. Yeah, he could just he could just hold it Where and then put, yeah, put a shirt on him and he just acts like a mannequin. Like, this is what it looks yeah. like when you're terrified. He, he could Where, be a merch guy. Like, yeah, yeah, merch guy. This is what the shirt looks like when you're confused. And hold the cookies and hold the shirt. There you go. You're just like, <laughs> I like it. This hand can hold the cookies. Yeah. This hand holds a baseball band t-shirt on i like that i think that's the move i'm gonna have to hunt this guy down we're gonna have to see where he's at we'll use him for like a new singer for the for the cover picture 
Oh, I like that too. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just all fake people. You know, him as every member of the band. He's a mannequin. He's already standing, <laughs> he's already not moving. So like you can take a nice good picture of him, even with a bad camera. Like it won't be blurry. <laughs> See if you can find him. I'm, I'm... <laughs> we'll see. I'll have to report back. We'll see what happens. Well, thank you so much. This was fun. Yeah, I appreciate thanks for, it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for the um, interview. Thanks for being my first guest on. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Tell your friends. Tell other bands if they want to come on. I love it. I love it. I know uh, I'm going to see my bass player tomorrow morning on our way down to the courthouse. So I'll tell him. <laughs> the courthouse. <laughs> yeah, we got to go file some legal paperwork. It's going to be oh. fine. Uh, that's a, that's another story for another day that we can talk about <laughs> once the court proceedings are over. Once after be a the hearing. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I right, well, thank you very much. I'll talk to you later. Well, yeah, thanks, thanks again, Charles, and um, everybody, go check out Dirty Cakes on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Follow, follow the 365 days of rock and roll. Yeah. The videos. Watch out for the new video that's coming. The little teasers. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Songs. So between now and then, yeah, I totally forgot that we were talking about the band. Yeah. Go check out 30 Cakes. You might yeah. enjoy it. If you made it this far in the interview, you might as well go be disappointed by our music. Yeah. Or well, it might as well just go to a show. Just put a free cookies. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. It might be $5 to get in, but you're going to get at least a buck 25 back in sugar. <laughs> in <Really> sugar. <laughs> yes. Right. I, was, I like to call it self esteem. <laughs> That's great. Well, <laughs> Thanks again, and um, absolutely. Yeah. That, uh, I'll talk to you later. All right, and our episode comes to an end. My name is Miss Micah, and everybody tune in again for the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>